So I just wrapped up recording this episode that you're about to listen to with Kira Poulsen, and it was just such an amazing uh, conversation. We covered her awakening journey and what led her to now being able to run a successful six-figure coaching business and publishing company. And just she covered just the things that we run into in our business when we feel stuck and when we feel overwhelmed and we don't know what idea to run with. She shares her self-care practices, her rituals. She shares her insights. She drops so many gems in this episode. So if you are a coach and you've been putting in the work and you've been putting in the reps, if you will, with your posting and sending out emails and you kind of just don't know where to go next, this episode is filled with just so many tiny little ahas of where you can potentially take your business to the next level. And that's exactly what Kira has done. And now she hosts these incredible masterminds and retreats to help women elevate their business to the next level. So I really enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed getting to know her. And I know that we'll have her back on in the future, I'm sure. So I hope you enjoy listening to this episode as well. And here we go. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vibe Talk Awaken. I'm your host, Vibe Queen, and I'm so excited to have this week's guest. She is a spiritual entrepreneur just like myself, so I'm so excited to talk. (laughs) So before we get into it, I'm going to introduce her. Her name is Kira Poulsen. She is a mother to five children, intuitive spiritual entrepreneurship coach, a two-times author, and CEO of Freedom House Publishing Company. Kira helps women who feel inspired to make a huge impact in the world write transformative books of light. She teaches them how to receive their book with spiritual tools that allow them for the creation of the book to come through in under two months' time. Incredible. Kira then helps them create successful businesses of light derived from the message of their book. Amazing. How are you feeling, (laughs) Kira? So excited. I'm excited to be in this space and have conversations of light. Amazing. So I always start off this episode with what sparked your awakening journey. So I'm really excited to hear your story. (laughs) So five years ago, I um, was close to this time. It was close. It was my birthday five years ago and or maybe it was six years ago. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? All the time doesn't make any sense. But I was sitting at the Cheesecake Factory for my dinner with my husband. And he said, what are your dreams for this year? And I had recently had my fifth child and I just started bawling. And I was like, I don't have any dreams. I don't even know who I am. I don't know why I'm here. And he was very clear, like you have three days to come up with some dreams. So let's get going here. And I'm so grateful because that, that just gave me this like, yeah, it's time. Like what, what happened? Why did, why did I stop dreaming? Why did I forget who I was? And, um, so I began to pray every day, God, show me my dreams, show me my purpose. And it was an everyday prayer for five months. Like I prayed every day and I never got an answer. Like, was it literally like nothing? It was like, I was praying to the void of nothing, like nothing was coming to me, but I was so determined. Like I had to wake that piece back up. And then it was in February of that year, 2017, and I had all these memories of being sexually abused, like really surface as a child. And these memories had been there. It's not like I'd never known I was abused, but I'd like kind of just tucked the pain away 
just like, oh, this is, I'm strong. That was like always a thing. Like, yeah, yeah, that happened to me, but I'm like super strong. Like I can deal with things. I was very like unaware of the pain that was connected to that abuse. And it literally got like, like hooked, ripped up out of me. And it was like, like a tidal wave of pain. And I just couldn't catch my breath. And I remember just landing in this very low, low space where I just thought like, I'm not going to live anymore. Like, I don't want to live in a world where there's this much pain. I don't want to live in a world where there's abusers everywhere. I don't want to live here. This is just hell. And I was very close to taking my life. And in that moment, I really did feel like God came and said, you have work to do. Like, you have work to do. And it just felt very clear, like, okay, that I'm going to live. And when I live, then it's going to be, it's going to be a completely different life. I'm going to live fully alive. I'm going to live in my gifts. I'm going to live guided by the divine. And that changed the trajectory of my life, that very moment. And I call that my awakening. I call it my rebirth. I mean, I don't even look the same. I don't look like the same person. I don't talk the same. I like nothing in me is really the same. And it was, um, I'm so grateful for that pain because it really woke me up. Wow. That's powerful. I guess my, my first question, you, you mentioned that you always knew that this trauma happened to you, but you kind of tucked it away. Like, yeah, I'm strong. What, what was different about remembering it this time around what what about this memory in essence kind of shook you awake this time around well it's kind of like I was always running from the like the wind that's kind of how it showed up for me like I was just always running from the wind running 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 and there were some outside events that just kind of like triggered it up like it was like it, it don't, I don't know it was like the perfect recipe or something that just like I stopped running and it like however many years I was just hit me. Like it like literally threw me to the ground of running my whole entire life. And so I don't think I'd ever really chosen to look at the pain. And it was like the pain just finally found me. Gotcha. Can you yeah. share with us what proceeded after that? Like were there steps of anger, resentment towards the abusers, forgiveness? Like what 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 happened after that? So it was a lot of pain. It was a lot of like, I'm a doer, I'm a goer, um, I'm an action taker by nature, and I couldn't get out of bed. It was very, very opposite of who I'd always been. And I was still racked with massive suicide ideation, just so much uh, telling me that I shouldn't be here, that I need to leave, like just so hard. And that's when I said, I need help. And so I found an EMDR therapist and I spent a lot of time in therapy and it was like breathing life back into me. Like I had to do the deep work. I had to do the healing. Strange enough, like, uh, anger wasn't so much a part of it. It was more like angry at God. I was like really angry at God. It wasn't so much angry at 
the person who abused me because I felt like uh, I, I've always been able to like see like, well, someone abused her. So like, well, that makes sense that my babysitter abused me. Like someone was abusing her. I had always this like deep compassion on hmm. people, mm-hmm. but I was like super angry at God. And that like, I don't think I'd ever allowed myself to be angry at God. And what's interesting is that letting myself be angry with God is actually where like I met God. Like I really felt like I'd always heard like, you're going to meet God when you're super righteous and you're doing everything right. But like I met God in hell. Like I met him in my anger. I met him in my deepest low and it changed my experience with God, with the divine in beautiful ways. Wow. So meeting God, meeting the divine in hell, how did that change you? It changed me in the way of like, what if, what if the divine just like accepts me as I am broken in the whole, like I don't have to be a certain way. I am just loved as I am. And that, I mean, that piece just changed how I showed up as a mother, as a creator, shows up in all the areas. Wow. You said something I've never heard before, broken in the whole. Yeah. Can you elaborate on that? Because it's something I always hear, you know, you're not broken, you're already whole. But I've never heard it said that way, broken in the whole. Can you elaborate? I I don't know. (laughs) Sometimes words just come out of my mouth. (laughs) Like, wow. It's fascinating. I think for me, it was that I was broken and my brokenness was the wholeness. Like, I'd always been super, like, I'd always had deep suffering and I also was really, really happy, right? So, like, didn't really match the, (laughs) what you would think of someone who was dealing with suicide ideation. Very, very, like, joyful is my nature. That's, like, who I am. I am joy. I am light. And here I was just so broken. And it's, like, that is the whole. The whole is, the wholeness is being completely broken and being completely joyful and happy and wonderful. Like we are all, we are all things. And that's really where I feel like the rebirth happened is I didn't have to be black or white. I didn't have to be this way or that way, right or wrong. Like it just got to be, it was all whole. Wow. What, what was your biggest takeaway from all of this or Looking back, Mm. is there something that you can say, oh, this is why this all unfolded, or maybe this is why this particular trauma was part of my human experience? I would say that this particular trauma, there's something about sexual abuse that really does, it breaks you down at levels that I don't know. I don't know. I haven't been abused in other ways, but it really did. And I see this as when I work with other women who've been through this type of abuse, like it breaks you down in ways that nothing else can. And I feel like that is actually my gift is that it broke me down so deep that I have always been a seeker. I've always been a seeker. I've sought truth everywhere. I've sought healing everywhere. Even before this came through, like I've always been seeking and the seeking I believe is one of my best gifts. It's It's like why I do all that I do. It's how I created a publishing house of nothing. Like when you seek, you just find. And that's one of the gifts from trauma for me. So I want to talk about that. And I want to talk about your first book and how that came to be. 
because something that I, I heard on your first podcast, you mentioned that you had fear and that that almost overtook you and you almost didn't go through with it. So can you share what that journey was like and what led you to publishing your first book? Yes. So I was really not, uh, it wasn't a long time after this awakening. It wasn't like, and then four years later, it was literally like six months later after I had this serious, insane breakdown that I just heard like, well, actually I got a mass email. I find this so interesting, right? Like we send out emails all the time. We don't really know if anyone reads them and I don't even know who sent it to me, but some blogger sent out this mass email that said something to the effect in the, in the email header was like, you need to be an author or something like that. And when I read the words, it was literally like, like lightning hit my soul. And I was like, what? No, no, no. I've never wanted to be an author. Like literally, that's never even been an ambition of mine. Right. And yet it wouldn't get quiet. It was just louder and louder. And I could hear it all the time. Like you, you need to be an author. And so finally, like, it's like, it gets so loud in my body. That I'm like, fine. What do you need from me, God? Like, what do you want me to write? And um, so then I began to just pray like, well, then what book am I supposed to write? And I prayed that for probably two weeks, just asking what book am I supposed to write? And I was just driving down the road, taking my kids home from school. And out of nowhere, this vision shows up. And I see the top of a book all the way down to the bottom. And I see this title that says the hidden gifts within the trauma of sexual abuse. And I felt like I got punched in the gut. And I was like, I am not writing that book. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, of all the books, this is what I'm here to write. <laughs> but I said, yes. And I find that if you say yes and you choose to spiritually receive, it, it comes through. And I wouldn't say I wrote that book. I would say I, I, I put it through my fingers, but I feel like the divine wrote that book with me. And it was really powerful. That's incredible. That's so incredible. So I'm excited to talk about the business stuff for sure. And I would love to hear what led you to then starting your own publishing company because that's a big jump from (laughs) conversation in the Cheesecake Factory to you got three days to figure out where your life's going to, okay, I'm going to write this book. Now I own a publishing company. I mean, yeah, like what what happened in between there? (laughs) So I will say that the spiritual path is a fast path. Like what I've done in four years, like it's not even possible. And that's why I know it's not me. Like this is all spiritually given to me. This is all spiritually driven. Like I just get to be the vessel because I said yes, you know? Right. Oh, because I said yes. I love that. It's just so magic. So when I was writing this book, I realized, oh, okay, if I'm going to self-publish, I should start a small, you can start a small publishing firm like house if you're going to self-publish. And when I was uh, looking into it, I heard very clearly in my spiritual ears that I was to actually create a publishing house that I could publish other women through. And at this point, I, w- I didn't have a business. I was a massage therapist. I like made like $400 a month, right? Like th- this was not in my realm. This isn't what I was doing in life. But okay. I was like, part of me when I chose to live was that I made a commitment that I would do everything that the divine asked me to do. Like, it was just like, this is the way life goes now. So I followed it, met with lawyers and I got everything set up so that I could be a publisher. And then it didn't do anything. It just like sat, it sat for like two years, nothing, just 
this thing in the back pocket. And in those two years, I started coaching women and I started to like create businesses and I started all these different things. And it was kind of like getting the soil prepared Mm. for the tree, right? Like Mm -hmm. all this time coaching and building certain, you know, small businesses over here and over there started to build something. And soon I started coaching women on creating, like creating businesses, creating products, creating things. And one day one of them says, I think I have a book that I want to write, but I don't know how to publish it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have a publishing house. <laughs> You're like, I can help you. I'm like, I don't <laughs> know how to publish, <laughs> but we will figure it out. Oh, that's and so great. So then we began to publish and then I actually created a publishing system and that's like all digitalized. It's super easy for authors. I've trained a publishing specialist who now publishes everyone for me. We have four books being published this month. Yes. So it's just such a rad story for me to even see because What's crazy is right before I published that client's book, my bank account for Freedom House was down to $14 because I wasn't making any money. It's just like they were taking interest out every month. And I was like, I'm just closing that. Like, I don't know why God asked me to do that. Like, that's stupid. Nothing happened. I was like kind of mad. And I just got a very clear answer. Like, no, you put $100 in. So I threw $100 into that bank account. And then I think it was a month or two months later that I published my first book. So wow. It's the best story of like, when you want to quit, don't. (laughs) Yeah. When you're so close, that's when, you know, you're right. You're close to a breakthrough. So I absolutely, absolutely love that. So I want to talk about what you mentioned in your latest podcast. It's called You Belong, which I love. And Mm. I listened to that episode and you mentioned something. It says you can create all day long, but if you don't understand the business part, it won't land in anybody's world. Yeah. And it just that that sentence just really struck me because I have conversations with healers and spiritual entrepreneurs and people that have just had an awakening all the time. And the thing that I get the most is, you know, that's something that you you shouldn't monetize or that's something that you should give away. And Mm -hmm. I'll be honest, I, I went through that for a little bit. But that's something I was able to overcome quite, quite easily, to be honest, because I recognize the value of, you know, you you get what you invest in. And I, even before my awakening, believed in coaching and self-development. So I'm curious to hear your perspective with folks that kind of feel that hesitation or that block even of who am I to be an author? Who am I to be a coach? Who am I to monetize my gifts? And did you um, face that block? Yes, I love this question because here's the thing I know is that when things are free, nobody gets a damn thing. The people who get it for free, they don't take the class. They don't do the things because it was free. And so it has no skin in the game. And so what I found out very early was that if I charged $50 for something, nobody would walk away with the result. If I charged $5,000 for something, people would get results. If I charge $15,000, people will get freaking amazing results. And so I really got clear, like, oh, it's not about me making money. It's about if I'm going to make a difference, I have to charge the amount that is going to bring that person into action. And that right there is how everything shifted in my business was now I started working with people who are willing to take action because they were investing at the level that caused them to take action. 
Oh, wow. Okay. I, need to, I need to let that sink in for a moment. You were working with people that were willing to take action at the level they were investing. Yes. Game changer. Yes. Game changer. That's a game so changer. I legit, like, I don't have programs. Right. Like, I have this small, like, little mini courses that you can buy for $300, sure. But I don't work with people one-on-one or in masterminds unless it's a minimum of $10,000. Like, hands down, I'm in for results. And if someone's going to spend $10,000 or more, they're going to get some amazing results. And something I know about healers and shamans and spiritual entrepreneurs is that they feel like they shouldn't charge and they want to just give, give, give. But the problem is, is that when they give, 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 nobody's actually getting results because it's all free. So if they want to actually make a difference in the world, they have to charge so that people can start getting results. Fascinating. Yeah, I had just posted on my Instagram yesterday a lesson that I learned early on in my career before my awakening is that your business grows to the direct proportion that you grow. And Hmm. so what you're kind of saying is that people take action in direct proportion, they're willing to invest in themselves. Yes, exactly. That's a game changer. It is a game changer. I'm just like, wow, (laughs) wow. I hope all of you listening wrote that down because that's huge. Okay, so I want to talk about being an author because you said something that really struck me. You said that you, the divine told you to be, become an author, right? Mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. perhaps somebody's listening to this and they, they haven't gotten that message, right? But they're listening to this podcast right now. And they're like, okay, well, I have a story. Perhaps, you know, I could share my story through a book. I, I don't know. So I would love to hear from you, you know, should everybody become an author? Is this, you know, at a certain stage in your business? Do you have to have a certain you know, about a following? Like when should one become an author? So I do everything pretty backwards. I literally follow zero rules, like no rules. There are no rules in the way I work. I really believe that if you feel the inspiration to be a message giver, if you feel the nudge and you will feel it and it will actually get so loud that you're going to be like, shut up. Like you literally want to tell this nudge to shut up because it gets so loud. That's who needs to bring their message through. And it is because you have been chosen to declare this work, to declare this light, whatever it is that's in you, you were chosen to be that message giver and we need you to bring it through so that everybody else gets to hear it as well. Okay. And so what advice would you give to someone who maybe has an idea for a book, but they're Mm -hmm. not a good writer? You know, perhaps they can barely write sales copy and they're struggling with their email marketing, right? So how, how can they write a book? So true. And I will say this from, you know, I had a 2.7 grade point average in high school. I don't think I was dumb. I also just didn't really care about it, but like I didn't go to college. I have no degrees. I have a well over six figure business that was created by receiving divine inspiration. 100%. How do I know what I do? I do it because everything I do is action on inspiration. So I share that so that anybody who feels the call, like you do not need to be qualified. Your call qualifies you. This message qualifies you to be the author. (laughs) 
Your call qualifies you. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it's, I it love it that. is. So if you have it in you, then all you have to do is whatever spiritual practices you use, whatever higher source you connect to, ask that it write through you. And if you can mm. do that, the words will come. You will be able to bring through this message. It's when we try and write from our brains, from mm -hmm. our minds, that it gets very stuck. It gets very um, cloudy. And that's when we get writer's block. As soon as we start thinking, ooh, who's going to read this? Like, is this going to impact someone's life? Like, no, that's all bullcrap. Like, who cares? You were inspired to write. Write the message. And the people who need it, they'll be called in. Mm -hmm. I get a little passionate. I'm a little passionate. I got to take it down. No. I just get so excited. Thanks. You know, it's like we think we're raised in this world to think like, oh, I have to have these degrees. Oh, I have to be, I have to have 10,000 followers. I have to like be somebody. And it's like, no, like you already are. And you just have to bring it through to actually see who you really are. Like the books, there's something really sacred about writing a book spiritually. It it changes you down to the core. It it wraps your business in momentum. It brings in the people who need your work. There's something that it's just sacred. It's sacred work. I love it. So if you could share with our listeners um, what practices perhaps help you stay in creation or stay in flow, or do you perhaps believe you don't always have to be in flow? I'm just curious to hear your perspective. Yeah, I, I definitely have a lot of practices. <laughs> I got a lot of rituals, a lot of things. But my main one is that every day I go to sacred space. I have a space that I have cleaned, cleansed, you know, energetically. I've dedicated it to the communion with the divine. And every day I go and I commune. And that may be through chanting. That may be through journaling. It's always, there's always healing involved. I do healing work in my chakras every day. And that just keeps me primed. It's like a, it's a priming of my spiritual self. And I do believe that if we're always priming our spiritual self, we can receive so much easier. We can be in flow so much easier because we're actually spending time with that peace. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. So I know it's your deepest belief that women who are receiving powerful message of truth from the divine are here to share these messages through published books and create powerful and successful businesses of light that will impact humanity for the better. Yeah. That's something that I think is beautiful. Now, yeah. what if with all that being said, someone just doesn't feel that they're a writer? Maybe they're just someone that shares their gifts through singing or through tarot or through crystals do yeah. you believe that, you know, they should still be an author or is it truly just if they get that nudge? Well, I feel like, I mean, everyone's gifts come through so differently. I definitely feel like my, my role on earth is to publish prophetess women, like women who have these prophecies. That's my role. But I feel like everyone can be a prophetess through their own gifts. So if it is through tarot, if it's through crystals, like go where your gifts flow, like just go with where your gifts are. I think if you were to ask whoever's listening right now, if they were to actually like go into meditation and prayer and ask, like, do I have a message to give? 
there's a piece inside of me that believes that they would have a yes, because there's something liberating. Like this is the first time that women can truly speak just so powerfully with their gifts, with their light, with these prophecies that come to them. Like this is the first time women are safe to do so. And I think that as each woman, like every woman shares what comes through, like we're breaking the bounds, the ties that the women who came before us weren't able to break. Right. That's so true. It's such a special and unique time to be alive. 100%. Right? 100%. We're I say so that every lucky. day. I'm like, right? what a time to be alive for sure. What advice would you give for anyone who perhaps is in their business and feels uh, a bit stuck, a bit uh, stagnant, a bit you know, I know we talked a bit before this episode and you and I both have, have had pivots, right? And yeah. I know that happens with the entrepreneurial journey. It's not a, it's not a, you know, upward, <laughs> it's up right. and down and up and down. So oftentimes I know I felt this when I watch people that um, have had beautiful six figure incomes with their business and you hear all these stories, but it's like, I'm not there yet. Right. And it's yeah. like, uh, I don't want to give up, but it's just, I feel so stuck. What advice would yeah. you give? for spiritual entrepreneurs and healers that are in that phase of their journey. They're not there yet. Well, I just want them to know that I totally get it. This has not been an easy path. I built my business for two years on credit cards. Like I just knew, I knew like this is what I'm supposed to do. So I don't actually give a crap. Like I'm going to do what I need to do. And I had many moments of doubt, like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? What am I doing? But the thing is, is that when you know what you're here to do, that will always trump the doubt. And the thing that I have found works the fastest for me in pivoting, because as so many, I mean, so many pieces of my business, my business has been pivoting. Like, okay, this isn't the one I'm doing. This isn't working. This isn't working is to go into meditative prayer and, and ask like, what's the next step? I need the next step. And every time I've done that, I've watched my business leap forward tenfold. When I try and figure it out in my own humanness, that's when I get stuck in the mud. So it's like, that's the part of spiritual entrepreneurship that's so delicious is that we get to use our angels. We get to use the guides that are here for us and ask like, what's the next step? Instead of like trying to figure it all out on our own. Mm, great advice. Such good advice. Sometimes we get in our own way. And mm -hmm. we don't use the tools that we've awakened to. That's yeah. the beautiful part. I love that. Yeah. I absolutely love yeah. that. What are some challenges that you have recently overcome? I think mm. sometimes when we hit certain success levels, uh, we face different problems in our business. They may not have been the same problems we had in year one of our business or once we hit the five-figure income, the six-figure income, you you have different problems. So I'm curious to hear what are some recent wins and obstacles you've had in your business? Well, some obstacles are that I have grown my business so big that I can't do it all on my own anymore. And it is, it's a tricky thing for me to figure out how to delegate because my business is such a like baby to me and I love it. And I, I love all the aspects. I love building funnels and I love emails and I love like all the things. And so <laughs> trying to figure out how to delegate 
so that my company can continue to flourish so I can serve more women and also like really show up as a mom. That's my trickiest piece right now. Mm -hmm. So how do you balance that, especially being a mom, mom of five? <laughs> yeah. Well, luckily they're all in school right now. So that's a win. Um, this is my first year in 16 years that all of my kids are in school because I just had my wow. last one go to school. Uh, I have a hard stop at four. I don't work past four ever. And um, I mean, I do work sometimes at night when they're asleep, but I really make it quite clear for myself. Like it, business ends here so I can show up and be a mom here. And, uh, my husband, he works real estate, so he's home a lot and we, we hold a lot of the responsibilities together. So that's how I can do a lot of what I do. Okay. And, so what yeah. I hear is very strong boundaries with yes. your time. It's important. <laughs> Excellent. Very much. Excellent. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned, uh, something that I had trouble with, uh, particularly with podcasting and, and delegating, because I was doing all parts of the, of the podcasting process, which yeah. uh, I know you're a podcaster as well, can be very time consuming. So uh, what advice would you have for those that are looking to delegate and perhaps hire folks uh, to help them with their business? Are there some key things that you would uh, suggest people look out for? Well, I mean, this is maybe sounds like too easy, but I'm a big believer of just praying them in. I just ask my angels, like, I need the perfect editor for this. I need the perfect uh, printing. Like, I'm printing some Oracle cards that are just coming out soon. I was like, I need the perfect printing place. And I need the perfect assistant. Like, they need to look like this, this, this. And and I just watch. Like, and in so this is one of my practices is at night before I fall asleep, if I need an answer, I put it up right before I go to sleep. All right, send this prayer up. I need this to be solved. And I remember I was looking for an assistant. I was looking for sales reps uh, who would be willing to be trained on spiritual sales because that was like a big thing. I'm like, I could get a sales rep all day long, but right. I want them to work with angels. I want them to pray before they sell. Like I need spiritual sales team, right? And so I was, I put this up, said the prayer, went to bed, and in my dream. Four times in my dream, I was shown, find your phone. And then I would find my phone in my dream. And then I would hear, post on Facebook for a sales team and a, an assistant. And then it would like change and the dream would get all weird. Then another, find your phone. And four times I was shown this. So I woke up and I posted it. And that day, like literally my dream assistant just like reached out, was like, I would love to be your assistant. And I was like, oh my gosh, why thank you. And then like these perfect people were like, I would love to be trained in spiritual cells. And I was like, why, thank you. And so it's like, uh, we have to work with the spiritual teams if we want things to be easier. Right. Mm -hmm. What I'm also hearing you say, however, is that you have to take immediate inspired action. Yes. So you yes. can't just ask for yeah. it and be like, oh my God, thank you. I'm going to do that next week. I'm going to put it on my to-do list. You took inspired action right away. You actually grabbed your phone yeah. and did it. Because mm -hmm. I think that's the part that we so often miss. Yeah. And that we actually is the golden recipe. Through. Yeah. Mm. That like that like that's the golden recipe of everything. Everything is like ask, receive and act. Like no no in-between spots because in the in-between okay. in spots I call it the uh soft cast stage. I know we're probably close to being done, but I'll just say this really fast. I had three kids break their arms in 6 months. It was horrible. Oh. And um 
and they would put this soft cast on my children's arms. And the, the, those three days of the soft cast was the worst. They'd be doing backflips with literally broken arms. And I call it the soft cast stage because it's the worst time period ever until they could get the hard cast on. I'm like, backflip all day long. I don't care. You're going to be fine. What happens is when we receive inspiration and we have a period of time between receiving and taking action, it's the soft cast stage. Resistance, darkness, self-doubt, it's going to show up and it's going to want to take you out. And so the sooner we can take action between receiving, the less resistance we have to deal with, the less obstacles we deal with, because we aren't putting ourselves in this brittle place between receiving and action. Does that make sense? Mm, Yes, it does make sense. It does make sense. So if somebody gets a lot of ideas, you know, Mm because there's definitely people out there, I don't know if you're familiar with human design. Um, I know I'm a manifesting generator and we tend to get, ooh, shiny new object syndrome. (laughs) Oh, I got this idea, that idea, this, that, 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 that. Before you know it, you have 10 different business ideas. So what advice would you you give to folks who have all of these ideas and things that they want to do? How do you Mm -hmm. pick which one is going to actually work or resonate? And when do you walk away? Mm. Love to hear your two cents on that. Okay. So human design, it's on my list. I'm going to learn about it because it keeps calling to me. But I would say I'm probably the same way because I got a bazillion ideas all day long. And I created this. Well, I I can't say I created it. I, I was going to the divine and asking, like, I need help with my bazillion ideas. And I was shown this practice. And so I just called it the altar tool practice. And actually, I will, I would love to give it to your listeners for free. So I'll make a coupon so they can get it for free and I'll send you the link. But ultimately what it is, is I like pick it up in my hands, like in my palms and I put it on a fake altar and I just like in my head altar. And I just say like, um, you know, like, is this of the most importance for me to focus on today? And I just hear like, yes, no. And if it's a yes, and I say, well, what's the one action I can do that's going to make like traction in this idea or this business? And then I receive it. And then I have to truly commit to doing that. So I'm not asking for eight steps. I'm asking for one. What is the one thing that I can do to make traction here? And I find that that is the fastest way for me to get traction in my work. But it also really creates clarity. I'm like, oh, that one's not that important. That one's not that important. Oh, this one's hot and ready today. And this is where we got to flow. So that's how I manage my 97 ideas. (laughs) Okay. I love it. I love it. Yes. And I know, I know folks that are listening can benefit from that and myself included because I have to like reel it back in because I'll have Mm -hmm. so many ideas. And, you know, even with social media and you have so many platforms and Instagram and Facebook group and Twitter and TikTok and it's like, ah, it's like so much. And then before Mm -hmm. you know it, you're doing all of these things around your business, but you're not actually doing the thing, the coaching, right? Yeah, there's so much yeah. you have to do to get the clients. So yeah. I absolutely appreciate you, Kira. Well, before we wrap up, um, I always ask this question, and I'm curious to hear what your words of wisdom are that got you to where you are on your path so far. And I know so much more is coming from you. Mm. Okay, let me fill into my heart for a second. Okay. So it's this, that you have a higher self, a future self version of who you are, who already knows how to do everything, who's already done all of this, 
that is in your heart, these dreams that are shown to you, these visions. And if you could feel into what it would be like to just be her already and really feel like I remember how I did this, that you'll be shown the next steps and it'll be really powerful. Wow. (laughs) Well, if I could drop my podcast mic, I would drop my podcast mic, but I'm not going to do that because I, (laughs) I appreciate her, but wow, that was profound. Kira, amazing. I'm kind of speechless right now. Like, okay, that was incredible. All right. You heard it here on the podcast. Um, Just tap into your highest self and remember, remember how you did everything. That was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate you coming on the show. I'm excited to continue uh, our relationship and to stay in touch and to send uh, all the folks your way that are ready to share their message uh, through the beautiful tool of publishing uh, their book. So if you can tell everybody how they can uh, get in contact with you, I know I'm going to have all the information in the show notes, but I would love to hear how they can best support you. Awesome. Yeah, I would love anyone who's listening. I would love to even just connect. They can go to my Instagram, send me a DM, Kira Polson, super simple. Um, you can always go to my website, kirapolson.com. It's not always up to date, but it's a good place to start. And um, you can always go to freedomhousepublishingco.com to see all of the phenomenal books that we have published. And there's something that was coming to me. I'm going to send you the link to my newest mastermind that just opened. So if anyone is interested in, in like looking into what it would be like to work together, create their books, create their business, that would be the place to go. Amazing. Awesome. I'm so excited. Well, thank you so much for being here and thank you all for listening and uh, till next time. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're a coach or a spiritual entrepreneur of any kind and you've been considering starting your own podcast, but you're a little overwhelmed, you don't know where to start, I need your help. I've actually been considering putting together an online course along with an accountability factor so you're able to step-by-step know exactly how to launch your own podcast. So if that's something you're interested in, please check the show notes. There's a link there which breaks down exactly what would be included. And so if I get enough interest, I'm definitely excited to put this together. So please let me know. Let me know if this is something you'd want to be a part of. Uh, Sending you so much love and until next time.